Yeah. All right, this is Jared again with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. And we're going to see how this goes. I'm doing it in person. I'm out at Chad's place. We're just doing some shooting. We'll talk about it. But this is my first episode I've done without an outline. I like redundancy. I'm in the military, as people know. So I like redundancy. I don't have an outline drawn up. It's going to be just an off-the-cuff what we come up with. So, like I said, at Chad's place, had him sitting here. We're at, sitting at his kitchen table. Um, I come out here to use his go no go gauge for my six creed more so get started on that I actually bought the barrel from chad and it's a one and eight twist six creed rimage that i'm putting on an impact so yes i'll get that out of the way right now i'm putting a rimage on an impact so if anybody's got to give me a hard time about it you give me the six seven hundred bucks and i'll put a shouldered six creed more on the on the impact for you but otherwise it's a one and eight twist. I'm trying to try and shoot 75, 87 grain V maxes and trying to get them to like 34, 3,500 foot per second. So, like I said, if there's an issue, throw me 700 bucks and I'll get whatever shouldered barrel you want to put on there and we'll do it. But otherwise, that's why I'm out here and I'm hanging with Chad. Uh, we did some other tinkering. We'll let him talk about. But what you think? We'll see how let's see how this goes. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? Um, so got your barrel set up. Uh, I, I run the same thing for coyotes, uh, except mine's a 16 inch. So I run a one and seven twist, uh, six creed. And I run them right at three grand, a 65 grain. And I don't really want to go faster because according to my RPM calculator, I'm probably right at 300,000 RPM and I'm, I'm afraid I'll blow them apart if I go any faster. Um, but it's... Coincidentally enough, it's one mil at 200 and two mils at 400. So to size it up is pretty good. And then uh, Jared was kind enough to bring a barrel tuner out here with him. Um, I've got a match Saturday at Twin Peaks at Ryan Wool's place. And I was kind of putting a load together, doing some load development. And I, I got really good SD really good es but my groups weren't the best um so to save a little time he brought his tuner so we could try it out and i have to say i'm actually quite impressed what we we ran five groups of three four four digits apart so to say and right at 12 the number 12 was a clover leaf so it was pretty impressive it was kind of amazing just what the little amount of adjustment would do up or down and the group would open or, or close depending, but that was, that was our best one. So we're going to run it Saturday and see what happens. Yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty slick setup. You're, you're shooting out. I, I didn't bring my binos or anything, but you were shooting in the, you're saying, Oh yeah, it's moving it around. Oh yeah. It's closing it up. So yeah, <laughs> it is pretty cool. See what you come up with Saturday. I bought that thing to put on my dasher and then there's been some range issues. I haven't been able to shoot nearly as much, so I'm saving money on components, but I'm not shooting as much as I want. And that was the idea was I got that, that dasher from CJ's Precision. Uh, I'm going to switch over to 109s and Alpha Brass and change up my whole setup. I was going to run that tuner just to try and make it quicker and easier for loading and load development. And from what we saw tonight, just that quick deal, I think I think it's going to make load development a little easier once I get 
-hmm. My idea is to get good SDs, ESs, and then instead of doing uh, bullet seat or depth, I'm just going to try and tune it in. And what it'll look like is it's going to work. It's going to change change the groups and tighten them up. So we'll see. See if I can't get tuned. Because I, I end up messing with that BR so much. I think I put like five hundred rounds on it before I was actually settled into whatever I wanted to do for a group. Yeah, so my, my SD, I shot yesterday just to test my SD. My SD was 5.5. Um, ES was right at 11, which I'm more than happy with. I'm not going to argue with. Um, but my group was about three quarters of an inch. Sub, sub MOA, um, but three quarters of an inch. And tonight, the, the number we picked on 12, that group was a lot it's, smaller. I didn't measure it. It's less than half an inch. I'll yeah. to post a picture of it. But. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, back to the Kyle gun, I was trying to think of. Um, so, I'm building this. I got that six Creedmoor barrel from from Chad. It's 26 inch, so it's going to be long, trying to shoot it fast. But I got that idea from checking out Tate Streeter's post. Mm -hmm. Him and and uh, Quinn Rogers down in Oklahoma and a couple of other guys, they shoot coyote competitions. So they're shooting them out to 400, 500 yards. And uh, they're winning tons of competitions. Well, I actually talked to Quinn when I RO'd the match at Twin Peaks, that national match, and they're shooting six PRC. So I got talking to him, and I'm not going the PRC route yet, but just after speaking with him a little bit, standing there in line, Looks like I'll be able to get close with this Creedmoor, and that's my whole idea, and that's why the the rimage. And I'm using the impact, so like I said, I was in the military, or I'm in the military. I like redundancy, mm -hmm. so I've got a couple other impacts. So I just I could have went a whole lot cheaper, yeah. But this way, I have backup parts if thing ever if anything ever happens. And obviously, I like the impacts, so call me a fanboy or whatever. But I'm gonna stick with it. Got it going in a KRG stock. I bought a KRG stock on or bravo krg bravo on krg's labor day uh sale so i got that for just over 300 bucks um trigger tech special so i'm going a little little overboard on that but got that on labor day special so if you can do it as cheap as you can buying an impact i'm trying to do it other than the impact i think i'm going about as cheap as i can to to keep it precision wise. So like when I started this, I wanted to be the precision for competitions and for hunting. So my idea is once the season winds down, it's starting to wind down, especially for us around here. I'm still going to keep on going, but we're going to do uh, precision hunting stuff. So I've been doing some of the post-match episodes and they've been getting pretty good reviews and guys talking to me. And then I want to do some coyote hunts and try and get as many people out. And then we'll just basically do a post coyote hunt, give each other a hard time if we missed or whatever. So I'm going to try and keep that stuff coming. But like Chad said, he's got a match this weekend. I'm not going to be able to shoot it, but it sounds like they're going to have a good time. I wish I could get out there and shoot that. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I, are, it's, a, it's kind of a team match. It's kind of a modified team match. Um, they're going to, I think, our individual points – um, will help or count towards KPRC. Um, they decided to do that because we had some ma matches canceled, and then uh, but they wanted to do something kind of fun 
um, since it wasn't on the schedule anyway. So I think they're kind of combining it with a team match. So that'd be a little bit of fun. Um, you were talking about impacts. Uh, funny story. I've, I had some coworkers come out. They, they're not gun guys at all. They don't, um, one of them's big pistol shooter, but they don't run rifles or, or shoot distance. And they hear me talk about it at work a lot. And one of them came and watched part of a match. So I brought him out and uh, let him run my 22 on my 100 yard range. And when you close the bolt on my 22, the wax, the wax on the bullet will uh, kind of, you get a little bit of tension on the close. And then they wanted to shoot my match rifle. And I said, yeah, no problem. It's only a hundred yards, but we'll shoot it. So I pulled it out and I run an impact also. And the first guy, the first guy closed that bolt and he like lifts his head off the rifle and goes, Jesus, that's smooth. <laughs> and he, he does run a hunting rifle. He runs a older, older hunting rifle in 243. So it was, it was pretty funny to listen to him, but they are impressive actions. So. Yeah, so, well, and I also wanted, we got into some of the talk with Greg, had a lot of good info and got into gear, so I wanted to talk some of this stuff on this episode is just gear, like what what we're switching to now, is we're both making some changes, mm-hmm. changes now, and then kind of what we're going to do over the over the winter, and also wanted to get into, if we have time, what a new shooter can look at and start getting around over the winter, or what they can do over the winter to be ready come next season to get a shooting. So we want to get into the gear talk first. Um, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, like I said, I already mentioned I'm shooting Dash or I'm going to shoot Dasher next year. So that change will come over the winter, but I've already made the the swap. I was shooting uh, MPAs, comp chassis. They were doing fine, no big, no big deal, but I ended up switching to a foundation, talked to John Kyle and Amy at that match in Twin Peaks. And I made the made the jump to foundation. All I've been able to do right now is dry fire it, but like it's talked to Chad and Chris, it's even, I can tell the difference even the dry firing. So when I was shooting the MPA, I think, and this is my uneducated, unscientific findings, but just being mounted that aluminum, even when I pull the trigger, fundamentals were all good. I'd still get some sort of jump. And I think it was the vibration working through just from metal to metal. That foundation, I've been dry firing quite a bit, and I, I still have some jump if I, I know if I don't have my fundamentals perfect, but there's a lot less jump, like as in no jump at all, or no crosshair bounce, whatever you want to call it, on the majority of my, my well-done, well-fundamental dry firing shots. So... I wouldn't say I was a naysayer, but I didn't quite believe it when everybody talks about the the foundation and how it recoil absorption and that stuff. Well, there's something going on with it. I saw, you know, saw it with my own eyes. I couldn't believe it. Uh, also, I, I bought the weight kit. I put a weight kit in the foundation. It's just under 21 pounds, I think, is what I measured on my little kitchen scale. I do all my deer jerky and stuff with a little food scale. But it's, it seems like it's easier to to handle than the MPA was for some reason. Could just be me trying to sell the price to myself, you know, <laughs> trying to talk myself into it. But it, 
just my my first impressions it legitimately it handles easier it doesn't seem so awkward and the dry firing is is night and day difference with the with the mpa so how about you what changes of are you going through uh, I'm, I'm actually going to stick with the dasher uh but i've been running alpha brass i've been happy with it but they're i feel like i've been fighting some stuff with it it, it has a thicker neck than lapua and i think that causes a few of my issues so i'm actually going to turn turn my necks and go from there and still continue running uh, the the alpha. I will probably move to a different bullet, but it'll be a while. I've I've still got plenty of 103 vapor trails. Um, they shoot great. They are very consistent. Um, I'm gonna chase a little bit of BC and probably test some 109s. I don't know if I'll stick with them, but I'm gonna give them a try. Um, I may move back to the 103 again. It's just a nice bullet to use. Uh, I may pick up a tuner, a barrel tuner, after testing the one tonight. And then uh, I ran um, an amp stock. I still run an amp stock. It's not going anywhere. It's it's still in my in my arsenal. Um, but. Uh, I, I also picked up a foundation. Um, I just wanted to see what the hype was about, whether it was worth it. So far, I really like it. And I agree with everything you've said so far um, that it does seem to absorb a lot of a, a lot of the vibrations and things like that. So I'm going to try running it for a bit and see what happens. But um, beyond that, I'm not. Not really changing. I'm not going to really change a lot over over the winter or anything. Um, matter of fact, I've, I've got one brand new dasher barrel sitting in the closet. I've got two more on order. So, yeah, I think you and you and Chris basically have your setup yeah. set, other than the swap and stocks, which I've given you a hard time before. That if there's anything that, that if anybody's going to try anything, it's going to be Chad. In fact, I I made the made the bet. We didn't put any money on it. That we started talking. Chris and Chad and I start talking about foundations and I made the bet that Chad would be the first one to get one just because he, he says he's going to try something out and there's no kidding. He's going to go try something out. He's going to buy it. It's going to be at his house within a week. He's going to try it out. Yeah. So we talked about the foundation and lo and behold, Chad wasn't the first one <laughs> to get the foundation. In fact, he wasn't the second one. I was the second one. Chad ended up being the last one I, to get I one. I was the last one. So that. That bet backfired. I'm glad I didn't put any money on that. I'd be I lost some money on that one, but yeah, and that's that's one thing I'd like to tell everybody out there: don't don't do what I do. <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 switch your stuff up constantly. Uh, that's just something I've always done. I've done it with anything. Uh, it's not just to to the rifle. Um, or to, to shooting. So I've always kind of switched stuff up. Always, I've always been a kind of a trader swapper um, and things like that. So a lot of people will ask when I change something up, what didn't you like about the other one? Why'd you change? And a lot of times the answer is nothing. I just changed to change. Um, wanted to try something new. Um, seems like a lot of, a lot of guys ask me um, if I've tried something or, and I, Sometimes I like to answer that, so I'll do it. Yeah, well, I think it's like everything else. Well, and you're even a bigger 
we're tinkerers. Like we want to know what works, what doesn't, what we like. And you've definitely, you built your own weight kits. You built your own uh, plates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, you're definitely a bigger tinkerer than I am. You got the materials and the, the tools to do it, but it's, you're always looking for something that fits you better or fits you the best. So yeah, I think it's just a man thing. I'm trying to, <laughs> always trying to mess with something to make it better. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse, but um, let's see what I, what was I going into? Oh, I, I talked about my dasher barrel. So I'm, I'm shooting alpha or going to shoot alpha brass as well. And of course now I'm a little worried. Uh, I had CJ's precision rifle works, check them out or check him out. Uh, I talked about him before. He's one of the military guys, so I'm supporting him. And, uh, he actually ordered a reamer and specced it to the alpha brass. So we're going to see if that makes a difference. Uh, it's got a 274 neck compared to like a 269 or 270 that mm-hmm. people are doing for Lapua brass. So we'll see if it makes a difference. That's another reason I, I was wishing I'd, I'd have my dasher on by now, but it's taken a little while. Um, so Caleb actually sent me this first one. He had a manual lathe. Well, he had a, a lathe. Now he's got a CNC machine hooked up, so my next two barrels are going to be off of the CNC machine. So, and he's got a laser engraver. It's going to have the Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast logo on there. Uh, it's going to have his logo. Uh, not to spill the beans, to put a little teaser. He's actually going to offer up a barrel one of these days once he gets everything up for a pay it forward. So, good things. Let go check him out. Um, like I said, not I'm not getting anything from any sponsors right now. So, these are just people that I support. Whenever we mention all this stuff, in fact. Um, you aren't getting sponsored by anybody. Chris isn't sponsored by anybody. So just take it for what it's worth. We're paying for everything we got and uh, just trying to help some local folks out and people that we support that we're paying money for. So Yeah, trust me, my, my wallet felt the, felt the foundation. Um, we, you know, I, I, we kind of joke about the cost of the foundation. Um, the one fascination I had with those from the day one, since I saw them, I work in the aerospace industry. So we work with a lot of phenolics. Um, so I know what that, I know what it is. I knew what it was right when I saw that. I know what it takes to even make the phenolic and to know that's machine from a solid piece of it, uh, fascinated with me. So it's, it's worth every penny. Um, the, the amount of work that goes in to make that uh, it's worth it. It's worth the man hours and everything. So please don't take it as as a as a joke that it's just wildly expensive. It's it's worth it. It's worth every penny. Yeah. Well, and I think by the time you compare it to a, a Manners or a McMillan or that, I mean, yeah. what really what is the price difference by the time you start comparing it to any of that custom stuff that's got different options that you can do to it? Like you said, the chassis can be cheaper you can find chassis that are just as expensive mm-hmm. but you start getting a lot more personalized when you get into the manners the foundations yep. the mcmillans stuff I think, like that yeah so. i think it's one of those i just told myself i would never spend that much money on a, on a piece of equipment i told myself that with a scope that flew out the window i told myself i wouldn't do that with a you know an action that went out the i told myself i wouldn't spend this much on a Stock, yeah, I went out the window. So, well, we're just in your reloading room. So, yeah, I mean, you got the same scale that I've got. I said I wasn't ever going to do that, but we've talked about it before that 
you buy the buy the first stuff that gets you started, gets you hooked. Like I heard I heard someone on one of the episodes I was listening to today that uh, you tell yourself you're going to get into reloading because it's cheaper. Well, yeah, don't. No, it doesn't work out like that. But then you start tinkering more, and then time becomes money. Like you're starting to spend, you spend more money trying to cut down your time that you're spending in the reloading room. So, yeah, don't. That might be something I told my wife. Like, yeah, if I start reloading all this stuff, it'll make it cheaper. Well, I wasn't into precision rifle stuff then, so it might have made it cheaper if I would have just stuck with ARs and and some pistols. But yeah, it's definitely not cheaper now because now you're getting thousands into into reloading gear that well when we shoot as much as us let's see i've got i, I had 3500 i'm down to 2000 so i've shot 1500 of those 500 of those so i've shot about 2000 rounds in just a few months and every one of those i've reloaded so you got to think how much time you're going to spend manually weighing your powder and everything or i'm going to take one hour to load 100 rounds and that's what it comes down to yeah. i just want to spend an hour in my loading room and have 100 rounds yeah and it, so yeah it comes well no we're, it's like we're preaching to the choir but you're going to shoot dasher you aren't buying dasher ammo anywhere so depending on what and i know i've talked i've talked to some folks and listened to some like they shoot six creed still or not still but i mean it's a good round for competitions just because they can buy factory ammo they got some decent you know burgers got factory ammo out with lapua brass clay's cartridge companies making almost anything you want now does he make i don't know if he makes dasher i know he makes bra gt creed yeah i'm not sure if he's doing dasher or not. i don't think he's doing dasher because i well yeah 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 i don't yeah it's probably just too much to fire for yeah. him and do all yeah. that stuff but yeah he's doing which a lot of people are going from from Dasher to BRA just for the E. So it'll people talk about going to BR just for ease load development and no size in a brass. So yeah, it's all personal. Like, even BR you can't buy any other than Clay's cartridge company and I think Lapua actually loads some. Yeah, Lapua loads own. and it's hard to find. They they load it in small batches, so it's and it's loaded with all their components. So if you don't like the bullet yeah, tough luck. Tough luck. But, yeah, kind of preaching to the choir, but what do you, uh, as far as next year, what do you plan on? You plan on taking any classes? You're not going to change any gear up. We got through that. Uh, any classes, or what are you going to do? Are you going to train over the winter? This is really my going to be my first winter of competitive shooting that I'll go through a winter. Like I said, I'm changing all that stuff up. I'm going to try to dry fire as much as I can. With my work schedule, I, I work 24 on, 24 off. So it actually works pretty good for me. My 24 off that night at home, uh, I dry fire for an hour or so before, once the kids go to bed and before I go to bed. So it works out. I don't, I won't really get burnt out mm -hmm. because I do it every other day. So it works out good for me, but I can see how a person could get burnt out come the end of the season, even shooting, training, dry firing. It just gets all, other stuff gets in the way. Like I'll start hunting. I'm sure that's going to cut down on some of my dry firing work, but. I, we talked about it before. We're actually both bigger uh, bow hunters than we are yeah. rifle hunters. So actually I'll go out probably next week. The place I hunt at is an hour and a half away. So it's not just to walk out my back door and go hunt for a night. I usually end up going out there on my days off 
from the fire department and spend two or three days out there hunting and make it worth it. So I'm sure that's going to cut down on it because I'll be, I'll be away from home for two or three days at a time out there chasing deer with a bow. So I don't know. You got any plans over the winter? Uh, winter, winter, like I said, I, I bought a 22. I bought one of the Bagara B, B14Rs. Um, it, it's a, it's a really decent rifle. Actually, it's, it's ridiculously accurate for a 22. I, I have a private hundred yard range at my house. So I'll probably shoot a lot of 22 over the winter. Um, just to work on my fundamentals, still dry fire quite a bit. Um, I think really that's that's probably what I'm going to work on more than anything next next year. Um, next year, I, I don't know how much I'm going to. I say I don't know how much I'm going to shoot. I don't know how many two day matches I'm going to shoot. Um, that's more of an expense thing. Um, that and my wife and I have some hobbies. We scuba dive, and and she's talking about doing that a lot more next year. So. That might that's gonna take up at least one weekend a month. So I probably won't shoot a lot of two days. I'll probably chase um, again a lot of club matches. Um, try to find some more competitive one day matches, border wars or something like that. So that's kind of my plan for next year. Um, I'll probably shoot a two day match, one or two of them. But I'm not gonna join. I'm not gonna pay any fees, um, join anything because I'm not gonna points chase anything. So. Yeah, I, I think next year we've been we've been talking about it. Chris and Chad and I almost talk every day mm-hmm. between Messenger, and it's usually precision rifle stuff. But next year might be hairy the way com- components are looking right now. Like I was, I was telling Chad, I I was just looking listening to a VP Precision uh, episode podcast episode, and Pinch is talking to Morgan King, which has been tearing it up, and Mor- Morgan King even mentions on there that. He had to beg, steal, and borrow, and he got 2,500 uh, CCI 450s. Mm-hmm. But he said he's also even already, before he got those 2,500, gone on gun broker and paid the three to four times the price that 450s would usually bring. So, yeah, next year, I mean, there's – and Chris mentions it all the time with his Kansas Arms Supply Company. He gets the emails and text messages and phone calls. People calling him thinking that he's got pallets hidden in the back. He does not have pallets (laughs) hidden in the back. So I'm not even going to joke about it on here because I can't imagine. He tells us the numbers that he's getting phone calls and texts and emails. And I feel bad for him because it just, it sounds like it'd make me want to hang up my hat and just quit, quit selling that stuff. Biz. It's, it's bad. Like people, people can't get a hold of it. I missed it last episode that thankfully, uh, Oh, Tyler, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler had posted on our club, kind of like our club messenger, and said, hey, I think it's Midway. Midway. Midway's got CCI 450s. Get them while you can. They and sold out in like 10 minutes. Yeah. It yeah, was I, ridiculous. I got on there. I think my wife thought I was crazy. I was actually in bed by then. I think it was 9, 9.30, mm-hmm. and I get up at 5 o'clock going to, going to work. But I think my wife thought I was crazy. I come running out of the bedroom to the kitchen where I keep my wallet for the next day. Got on there, already had it up on my phone, standing out there, TMI, standing out there in my underwear because I was in bed, ordering stuff off my phone, paying with the, my debit card. And she thinks I'm crazy because she doesn't know what's going on. I get mine ordered. I end up actually texting Caleb with CJ's Precision and tell him 
and he gets on there and hits me back. So within 10 minutes, they were out. Yep. He didn't, he didn't get any. Yeah. I, I jumped up. My wife was the same way. I jumped up with the computer and had my tablet. I had my tablet, ran to my wallet, ordered it, sat back down. And my wife goes, what'd you just do? And I said, I just, I just spent, I just spent some money on primer. So you're going to see a charge on the card. And, uh, thank God my wife, my wife is a sweetheart. Um, she knows I'm addicted to this, uh, instantly goes, okay, inform me. Am I supposed to be mad at you for that or not? And I was like, well, no. And she goes, okay. So yeah, you, you see, so your wife's pretty cool. My Amber's, Amber's the name of my wife. Um, I have an allowance account. So as long as I'm staying within my allowance account, in fact, like I said, I work at the fire department and then on my, I have another gig. I work at a little, uh, outdoor store working on lawnmowers and weeders and stuff like that, helping one of my wife's clients out that run into a hard time. So even the days I'm not at the fire department, I'm out working and that all goes, basically all goes towards precision rifle <laughs> stuff. In fact, my, my wife made a comment the other day, like what the, the, uh, the primer showed up one day, all in the same day, the foundation showed up. I bought that. I actually bought that from Tate. He had a left-handed, foundation in stock at impact. So I bought that from Tate. Uh, I ended up, he didn't have the rail, the foundation rail. So I bought that from foundation. So that sounds, that shows up the next day. So like four days in a row, there's at least one thing showing up and she is starting to question what I've been doing <laughs> because all the stuff showing up. So I had to, you know, I had my little nest egg and I'll spend it on something when something come up or I thought I, I found a good deal. Well, I just, I blew the whole wad off the last couple of days on between the foundation and, and everything else. And I got to say back up again, but, but yeah, she, she looks at me funny when stuff starts showing up at the door, but it's all in good fun. I guess it keeps me out of trouble. We make the joke about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm damn near on a first name basis with my, with my UPS driver. <laughs> but a matter of fact, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't told anybody this story. I, I scared him kind of, um, when I had that amp stock made, I sent, you know, I, 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 this was on one of the episodes I told the story that I, I sent that to Aaron Turney and he cut it. Well, I had the tracking number. And if you use UPS a lot, you can track them live. You can see where the truck is. I missed that truck at my house and you had to, you know, you had to sign for it because it was a firearm and I missed the truck at my house but he was still in the area. So I grabbed my hotspot, turned my computer on and tracked him down and chased him down in a pretty sketch neighborhood on a dirt road and jumped out of my car and held my driver's license up. And he goes, may I help you? And I said, you got something that somebody needs to sign for. And he goes, Oh yeah. And so now, now we always joke. He, he asked about it. He asked how it shoots and stuff, but. I think I freaked him out a little bit when I chased him down because I didn't want it to go back and then have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm. I, have, I need to talk to some of the UPS drivers. I'm sure they don't like that whole tracking deal. They probably get chased down. Quite no, a I have a friend that's a UPS driver too, and he hates and they yeah. hate it. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> you yeah you. For some of my college courses, we've done some some business stuff. My deals in business administration and leadership, and yeah, UPS has all sorts of tracking. Oh, yeah. You know, those guys can't back up if they're not supposed to anyway, getting way off track. But yeah, those guys are tracked all the time. So now to let just the layman track them down, I'm sure they aren't big fans of that. But 
Anyway, we're getting off topic, but no. So, so we talked about the gear stuff. Now let's see what. Are you changing you, bags? Are you changing bags or anything? Or? Well, I've I've always stuck with Armageddon. So yeah, I got my first bag actually from Derek at Conway Lead, um, RO to match, and he give us a Conway Lead edition OG, the big one. Mm-hmm. So that's what I used for quite a while. Uh, like I've mentioned before, I kind of bought way too many bags. Armageddon gears got me quite a bit. Like got me that little Chinese cheater bag with that commercial they had with Ken Lee on there. That was funny, and they got me. But so I started out with the the OG, the big one. And then I went to the pint size. I, I liked it. And then, of course, they come out with the Smedian, and I've got to have one of them. I was about to, in fact, I bought one, and then I RO'd again yeah, for you Derek. The Punisher. The Punisher, and I got a Conway Lead Edition Smedium. So that's the one I'm using. That's, that's a black um, wax canvas mm-hmm. style. So That's I've the got, one I run. Yeah, I got one of those. So I'm running Smedium. I'm stuck with Armageddon. Um, in fact, I've never. I never shot a wee bag. I mean, a lot of people use them. I'm sure they're just as good. I've just spent too much money on bags already, so they don't they don't get a piece of my money yet. Um, other than that, what am I? What else am I running for gear? I've talked about the impact. Right now, I got a Hawk Hill barrel, which is about to be. It's about like 2,200 rounds mm-hmm. on it, so I'm sure it's getting ready to be done. I'm going I'm going to milk it to the finale here, KPRC finale here in a couple weeks, but. I got that Hawk Hill barrel actually two years ago now as I wasn't able to shoot last year. It was a deployment. A cert off, I think, the KPRC finale um, price table. So I got that on a budget. Um, I shot that one national match down in Oklahoma. Oh, shoot. Whose was that? That was the uh, Open Range. Oh, yeah. Open Range Retreat. That's Shane Keeley's. Yeah. Keeley, Shane Keeley, um, shot horrible. I've, I've gone through that whole story. But I ended up pulling a uh, free gunsmith, basically gunsmith work from him. So he's the one that spun up that Hawk Hill for me. So I got, so that that gun I'm a lot less into than I could be mm-hmm. just having those certs. Like I said, I'm switching over CJ's Precision Rifle Works. He's hooking me up. With what are they? They're Rock Creek, so I'm gonna be shooting Rock Creek barrels. So we'll give them a shot. Um, like I said, the Dasher and all that. I'm sticking with the Impact. Swap it over to the Foundation Trigger Tech Trigger Armageddon Gear bags. Um, what else do I have? I have an Atlas bipod. So B and T Industries mm-hmm. using that. They're a local company too here in Wichita. Um, what else? Area 419 brake, using that. Yep. And that's really, I use some Vortex binos, oh, a Razor Gen 2 scope. And then I use some uh, Vortex Kaibab uh, binos, which I actually, Chris hooked me up with that. He hooked me up with a 50% officer that he pulled off of a, a prize table that he said he wasn't gonna use. So huge thanks to him. So yeah, I've had plenty of people. That's one of the reasons we did this pay it forward stuff, which we have another one coming up. Jake sure is gonna gonna have one when I get him on, talk some gunsmith stuff. And like I said, Caleb will have one. Spilling the beans a little early on that, but yeah. he's he's gonna have a good one. He's gonna end up probably posting up a barrel spun up or whatever anybody wants. But that's basically my my setup. I use a uh, Hornady Ford off Kestrel. 
Do you use the Ford Orchestral? I do. So I think you and Chris are actually just using the We use the Applied, applied Ballistics, ballistics Kestrel. I use the Applied Ballistics Kestrel. So I, I can't remember if I got a deal on About everything I've got, I've got some sort of discount on, but I think I actually paid full price for that. Yeah, my Kestrel was actually a sportsman. I bought a sports, the Bushnell had the sportsman with the Connects uh, rangefinder. I bought that years ago and then uh, bought the bought the connection, the, dong, the, the, the dongle as they call it, and upgraded it to the Elite. So it's the Elite model now. Yeah, um, yeah. you pay a little extra and it upgrades to the yeah, Elite you, software. Yeah, Elite software. So it's got the custom curve and stuff like that. It's pretty nice. Um, so that's that's my solution I run. I run this medium like you. Uh, matter of fact, I bought that one, one medium from you. Um, I run the K-Bob, same binoculars. So um, pretty popular binoculars. Uh, I actually run a weather vane on my tripod i'm kind of a gadget guy i'm a nerd in that aspect so <clears throat> i've got a little weather vane on there i actually just built a little thing to hold my kestrel because um, i get sick of putting it down and picking it up so i bought a thing to hold my kestrel on my tripod and then uh put a i need to get a picture of that i need to post that up. Yeah, that's a pretty slick setup you got I, I put a clipboard on there so i can just i can hold the matchbook or match the the stage brief on there um, and then what else I run, I run, I've been running proof barrels. Um, I've been liking those. Um, they're the prefits. Um, do I think, do I think a custom would be better? Probably. It probably would be better, but I've, I've honestly been burning up some barrels, um, which is good. So, um, trying to cut a little bit of cost here and there. Uh, went to the foundation. I run a Minox ZP5 scope. Um, I really enjoy that. I actually own two of those. Uh, I got one on my 22 that I practice with. Um, so it's, I, I got the same view with both my rifles, uh, same trigger. Uh, I run the Bix and Andy, uh, tax sport, two stage trigger. And, uh, I've got that set at, it's, two pounds total, but it's a pound take up and then a pound break, uh, maybe a tad bit more. Um, when I first started, I ran a one stage, a single stage, and I, I, I felt I got a little slappy with it. So I, I moved to a two stage. I really like that. Impact action, of course. Um, I run a tourney arms, um, gill break, um, I, I swap between it and uh, a precision muscle break, uh, just kind of depending. I, I swap back and forth between those. I like the gill break a lot, um, a lot more. It's got a, it's got a bias to the top, so it kind of pushes the barrel down a little bit, um, so you don't get any muzzle rise. Um, what else? Oh, uh, new this year, uh, or new here will be Saturday. I have not run, I used to run um, the Arca Rail. Used to run it for a while. Um, I actually pulled it off my rifle because I got really gadgety with it and just went to carrying a single bag, 
but my the foundation I bought has the rail on it. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, the Box Canyon Showdown, I actually ran into a few stages. Um, I ran that with a MPA matrix just to check it out, ran a match with it. Uh, I, liked, I liked it, but I didn't use the rat rail on that. I just had my bipod hard mounted and two stages or three stages i actually ran into trouble with it you're trying to where well, you could have pulled it back yeah 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 it was it was so far forward which made it great stability wise but i couldn't get the rear of the rifle down far enough um at ryan's range he has some elevated targets which is great but i couldn't get the rear of the rifle down um to the point where i honestly threw the threw the bipod off and just threw my bag up and ran the rifle off the bag so kind of looking forward to having that adjustability there again. Um, so I'm going back to a rail and that's, that's new. what kind of bipod you got different. I, I actually want to warn, um, I run a worn, uh, skyline, I think they're called or something like that. I, those were released what, two years ago, a year ago. And I just happened to be talking about impulse buys and stupid buys. I happened to be on a page and that came up for sale, like a pre pre-order sale. And I pre-ordered one and bought it. Um, I really like it. I, I also have an Atlas. I actually had two Atlases before that. Um, and uh, I paid one of my Atlases forward to a new shooter. And I still, I still have my other Atlas, but uh, that Warren, I really like. Uh, I think the one thing I like the most is the feet. Um, so when I pull out the feet, it's got a button that I click and it pulls the foot up one click at a time for me. So it's very quick to adjust. I was going to say, I, that's what I was going to try and mention because I've seen you messing with that thing. And yeah, I couldn't remember if it went out by one at a time or come in, but it was quick, but you just hit a button and that thing was moving on its own and stopping at a certain point on its own. Yeah. So it looked pretty slick. Yeah, that's the I, I like the I like the Atlas how it adjusts. Um, this has a pull lever to move the legs. I like the button on the Atlas a lot better. Um, but if you pull the Atlas all the way out and you have the weight of your rifle on the Atlas and you pull the adjustment, it slides all the way in. This I click that button and it goes in one click at a time, which is nice. Um, what else? What other, what other gear? I, I run AW mags. I know most a lot of run the AICSs. I run AWs. I had my I had my uh, impact cut for AWs. Um, I tend to like that a lot. Um, one, they're easy to load. They're, they're the spring tension on them is nothing, so they they're easy to load. Um, they don't get in the way, uh, and it holds eleven rounds without an extension or anything. It'll hold eleven rounds. Um, granted, still need a one round on a 12 round stage, but um, I usually load it to 11 um, just in case I have a misfire or anything. I don't, I can kick a round out and still know I have 10. Oh, uh, what else? That's about, that's about on my gear. I mean, I started carrying one bag at the beginning of last season. I just decided I, I wanted simplification and just carry the one bag um and I, I really don't think it hinders me uh, every once in a great while i'll maybe wish i had something else but the one bag has been great um 
this medium's new this year though i ran uh i ran a armageddon pint size for a while last year then i also ran a team predator um sticky mini something i really i, I kept it i still have it i like it it goes it goes a lot flatter it's pretty cool yeah i i used to carry a bunch of bags too this year i've only carried one i used to carry well in fact i had that og i'd carry it and then i had like a pump pillow that i'd carry mm -hmm. kind of like a bungee cord i'd use every once in a while well, i just got away from using it so yeah i'm carrying one bag and i don't I don't think I've ever run into any issues where I thought, oh, dang, I wish I would have brought something else. <laughs> like I just, I have the one and I run it, and that's really what I do all my practice on, too, with just one bag and off the back of a chair at home when I'm dry firing. Or I got a little half barricade built that I run it off of, and I just switch it around both sides to shoot off left side or right side. Got some holes cut out in it that I use to, to put it at different heights, but, yeah. I got away from, I got a bunch of bags out in the garage and yeah. the, in the cabinet because I had to have them. But yeah, you talk about the AW. I about went with AW and then I should have talked to you. I I, I talked to Derek Dornbush, D2 Precision. He's the one that put my rifle together for me. I've told that story. I was deployed. He put it all together for me. Derek Love built all the ammo so I could shoot when, right when I got back from deployment. Well, Dornbush loves Loves AW. He, he's the one that kind of convinced me to run AWs. So. And then I got to talking to, and of course, looking on forums and other stuff. And Oh, AWs take a lot to make them run, this and that. In fact, I contacted Tate while I was deployed. He, was, he still didn't have my actions done yet. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go AW. He's like, all right, I will if you want. Well, and then I got to talking to someone else. And he's like, oh, man, AWs are a pain. And like I said, I found it on the forums. like, gosh. All right, I'll go AICS. Well, now, knowing now what I knew then, I wish I would have went AW, but I still could have ran AICS, yeah. and I didn't know that at the time. Run the and yep. the, the AW are not, they aren't tearing up your fingers, not to sound like a pansy, but they aren't tearing up your fingers trying to load them. They basically double stack, um, and the footprint is tight. Like, I like this medium because now I can run it on props, and my AICS may really won't, like, I can run it off a rock, and it's just tall enough to where my magazine won't mm -hmm. bounce or or act like a teeter-totter on a prop. Well, an AW mag, I don't think you could run that thing with a bag of any sort. Yeah, I've never like had a hit with any bag. Yeah, so it's just a smaller footprint. Like I said, it's just easier to load, smaller. So probably should have got on AW, but now I'm trying to keep everything same. I just keep going with AICS. Yeah. It, it's funny, because I, I, I had my impact cut for AW. Um, Tate didn't do it. I, I had bought the impact um, through a dealer and so when I sent it off, I, I, I told uh, Aaron Turney, I had told him, hey, I run a, AW mags. Can you AW cut that? He goes, yeah, I can cut it for I can cut it for that mag. Send me a mag with it, though. Because um, he even said, he goes, I know, I know you're going to run Dasher. So send me the mag. And so he 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 did a little little tune in for me. So I didn't have to do anything. So it was my rifle coming from Aaron, it was I, I shit I shoved a AW mag in it and it runs like a champ. So yeah. yeah, when I was I was doing all that messing around, of course I was probably annoying as could be between messaging Dorn Bush and messaging Tate. And he said at the time Tate would cut AW mags mm -hmm. but didn't really say it because a lot of people thought that hey you can't get them run right, yada yada yada. And thought of course it was the action's fault. 
It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that they didn't have it sitting high enough. After talking to Dornbush, he explained all this to me. It wasn't that they didn't have it sitting high enough, so it was stripping the rounds off yep. right. This and that. Well, now I think enough people know now that Tate actually offers that on his website. You mm-hmm. can you can add the AW cut piece of it to it, but yeah, he would cut them, but you had to actually call and special order at the time. Yeah. So so the difference between an AW and an AICS. Um, the AW sits lower in any in any um, bottom metal you use. Um, matter of fact, the Matrix has a, has an adjustable latch. I actually had to adjust mine up um, so to run the AWs with that. So they sit a lot lower. So a lot of times, it's it's not that you have feeding issues. It's your bullet will slide right over the top, or your bolt will slide right over the top of the case and not pick it up. So that's what you got to be careful of. So, so do you have to do any playing with your foundation? Uh, no, actually, I don't. I, it doesn't. It grabs it, but it it looks like there's a little bit there. Um, it's picking it up fine now, so I'm not going to worry about it. But what bottom metal did you did you get the Hawkins bottom metal? Uh, I run a uh, M5 bottom metal, but I run a Graybow. Oh. And, and the reason I run a Graybow is because I had a Hawkins and it wouldn't pick up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. for whatever reason, the the uh, Graybow, the latch must be just enough tad bit longer. So I, I usually run the Graybows. Yeah, because when I was doing that research when I was deployed, it, come to find out a lot of the guys will, will pull that little latch out of there, I guess your mm-hmm. magazine, and put like weld just a little spot weld on top of there and then they grind it down and that's yep. how they adjust it. MPA come out, I mean, they've got a lot of good stuff. They come out with that adjustable piece yep. for the MPA. So they, they fixed it with kind of a cleaner setup, but yeah. there's ways that gunsmiths or, or people on their own can, can fix that. If you know, that's what your issue is, which majority of the time that was the issue at the time. But, but yeah, there's a lot of cool little tricks that, you know, I, so one thing I wish I would have done, I wish I would have done the AWs because they're easier and smaller. Anyway, I'm not going back now. Now I got a <laughs> rimage barrel on a AICS impact, so no going, no going back now. But so what? What do? You, what would a new shooter do to get around for a new season? So they're listening to this. I've got a couple people that have messaged me saying, "Hey, I'm a new shooter. Appreciate the podcast. Yada yada." Um, keep it going. So what, what would be your info to them? Like what do they need to do over the, over the winter to be ready? Would, would you tell them to buy any certain stuff? Like we've always, we've been on here how many times telling them not to, not to buy anything special, but what would you tell them to, to set them up for next year? They haven't shot a, a match yet. They've got, well, we'll say one of the guys got a six, five Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. It's not a custom, but I got six, five Creedmoor. What is the most not even like money. What's the most for his time to do over the winter? Honestly, for if, if somebody already has a rifle, they have a rifle and they want to get in PRS, uh, don't we've, we've told you don't spend the money. Um, keep your money. Um, get a bag. Get a good bag. Um, both, like you've heard Jared and I say, we run the Schmediums. Um, just get a good, a good bag. Um, Armageddon, uh, any other heavy fills from the mini, the Schmedium, um, the OG are all great. Um, the, the wee bad, the Y bad, um, mini fortune cookie, great bag. Um, the team predators, great bag, anything like that. Um, 
almost everybody now runs a heavy fill, which is kind of a, a sand fill. Get you a good bag, pick an old chair, look it up online, build it out of two by fours, put it in your garage, wherever, and just start dry firing. Um, get to where you can throw your bag on a barricade, get your rifle on the back, and get settled. Uh, I've seen so many new shooters who think they're stable, and they're not. Um, it is hard to get stable. It's hard to fight the wobble. Um, find that. Um, break habits like trying, you know, you're fighting the wobble. Most people start to hold their breath. Fight those habits. Get to where you're, you're breathing, uh, breathing correct, pulling the trigger at the bottom of your, your breath, um, keeping the rifle steady, um, play with different things, look up free recoil, see if, see if you like that. I don't care. Work on maybe pinching the trigger, um, pinching the triggers, putting your thumb behind the, um, trigger guard and literally pinching the trigger to the back of the trigger guard, you know, play with, just play with what makes you comfortable and gets you settled. Um, one thing I think a lot of people overlook is prone position. Practice prone. Um, get to where you're not candid to the rifle, where you sit square on the rifle, legs spread. Um, get the rifle on your shoulder correctly. Get your face on the rifle. All these things are free. You can pull the trigger on a rifle 10,000 times for free, and it will help you more than you'll ever know. Um, if you can get to a range and get some feedback, go ahead. Um, if you can't get to a big range and only have a hundred yard range, um, they make these little, oh, they're little colored dots for identify, identifier dots. They're different colors, but they're three quarters of an inch. Put a bunch of them at a hundred yards and shoot at them. Uh, I don't think Cheney, the Cheney range or Lake Afton or anything like that will allow you to throw a bag <laughs> on a table and do it. But if you can find a place where you can shoot at a hundred yards, uh, make your little imitation barricade, throw your bag on it and try to hit that dot at a hundred yards. And, and don't shoot and keep shooting, throw your bag down, Get planted, take the shot. Stand back up, throw the bag down, get planted, take the shot. And time yourself. If you can get a shot timer if you or borrow one, it's it's great work. Um, that would probably be my best advice. Um, if you want to go out and buy something, if you don't have a rifle, there's a lot of great off-the-shelves now because the sport's become very popular. Um I think you, you've touched on that on many episodes. So pick something up and dry fire it. Yeah, that's, that'd be my biggest one. That, um, if you're gonna spend some money, like I said, you don't have to spend some money. I mean, if, especially if you live in the country or somewhere, you can see something 150 yards away, you mm -hmm. can dry fire on whatever, a nail head. I was talking to one of the guys today, he'd been practicing on a, on a nail head outside his, his window. But I use, if you go to DST Precision and get their DFAT, their dry fire focus adapter training, it's a little lens you put on the end of your 
on the end of your uh, scope. Oh yeah. And it cuts your parallax down to like 12 feet. And they'll they send you the scope. It's like 50, 60 bucks, less than 100. And they actually send you these sheets, these eight by 11 sheets of paper that have a uh, a range on them. And at 12 feet, they have different size targets that are actually show you two, one and a half, two and half MOA targets. So you can actually practice staying on a one mil target. And you, like I said, that's that's what I use. There's all the another one. It's called the IDTS Indoor Dry Fire Training System. It's kind of like a roll up, old school roll up mm-hmm. movie deal. That's over a hundred bucks. So that that's more expensive. Um, but yeah, this this D Fat from DST Precision is awesome. It cuts your parallax down. I practice in my little back room, and it it works out great. Only need twelve feet. It's got the MOA targets, so I practice on like the the uh, one and a half, or even I try to get on the the one MOA target on the little sheet of paper, and it's challenging. And just like Chad's saying, I don't I don't sit there. I don't I should do more. I don't really do any prone dry firing practice. I should do some, but I do a lot of the barricade stuff and throw my bag down, put my rifle down, and try to get on it within ten to fifteen seconds to get a, get a good shot off. Yeah, and then I, pick it back up and then move. I don't necessarily do a lot of prone shooting um, because I've, I've practiced it so much. I, I, and I zero prone, so I get a lot of prone shooting in just regularly. I just think for new shooters, a lot of new shooters actually don't don't get in prone position very good at all. Um, look up how to get in a prone position. Um, but you were talking about kids don't do this at home as we're talking how to get on the cheap. I went over Ryan Kymings. He's been on the, the show with you. I went over Ryan Kymings to before I bought my foundation to kind of give his a test. He has a shot timer, and uh, it ain't cheap. And it, they're about a four month wait because they build them custom. It is so sensitive it will pick up a dry fire. Oh dang! And it, it is nice. And I know, uh, matter of fact, I have a picture of it, so I'll give them the name of it. Um, I think I'm gonna buy me one eventually so he dry fires in his basement also but he has that so he can time him uh he can time himself which is which is nice um yeah i i picked that that piece of, if you if you listen to vp precision so that's jake vibbert and uh pinch they they talk about it how they when they practice they don't do much dry fire they do a lot of live fire um mm-hmm. But they practice going from shooter ready, time starts now, to getting that first round off in their first position in like 10 to 12 seconds or less. And that's where they talk about that's where you save a bunch of time is just getting on target and getting there quick. But just like Chad's saying, like get someone to, if you got family around, wife, kids, whatever, it sounds weird. But if you get them to take a picture, if you're a new shooter, take a picture of you from, from over the top or from behind you. When you're set up for prone, you want to be directly, and that it took me a long time. It feels weird, it, especially it after feel- shooting in the military, and they're telling you to be off to the side. You want to absorb as much of that recoil, and you want it coming straight into your body. You don't want to can it off one side of it. And it was extremely. It didn't even feel weird. It was. It felt uncomfortable. It does to start shooting like that. And now, now I got to where it, it's not uncomfortable at all because I've made myself do it. But like I said, it sounds weird. 
have your kids or whoever just take a picture of you with your your phone camera whatever and just see if you're doing all that and then then you start working fundamentals holding the trigger to the rear and, and uh, making good dry fire shots chris has talked about that making don't just get in there and try and do 50 dry fire practice shot make them good a good 50 or a good 10 or whatever you got time for so it's uh the amg lab is what it is um AMG Lab, and they make it's the Commander, so it's it's looks like it's 158 bucks, but it, it is back ordered. But you can adjust the sensitivity so tight that it will pick up really? a dry fire, the firing pinfall. I haven't even heard of one of that. That sounds yeah. cool. I hadn't either till till Ryan showed me that. So, well, if there's anybody, yeah, Ryan's been killing it, and Becca both. So if there's <laughs> yeah. anybody anybody taking advice from, I need to get them back on here again, yeah. Yeah, they've got something figured out too. So, yeah, that'd be cool to get, try and get one of them. In fact, you, you're a gadget guy. I'll let you get one. I'll come over and try it out. <laughs> we'll try it out, and then I'll end up buying one. That's the thing. That's a bad thing. I just come over and try it just to confirm that I need to buy it. But yeah, that's, I don't know. You can't say enough. I think it's like we preach at work about safety. You can't talk about it enough. You can't talk about just the practice, the dry fire. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go don't run out and spend a bunch of money just get into it and everybody's shooting six mils anymore but you put the a six five or a 308 in some of the guys hands at kprc and they're going to wax us every day because they're just good they they can handle the recoil they know what they're doing so it's not it's not necessarily you know the arrow it's the indian type yeah. type of deal so and that, and that's the thing too if you're a new shooter and you're getting into it and you've never done it the reason I really suggest dry firing is because you have you have to be on target when you close the bolt. When you move, you have to move with the bolt open. And if you're a hunter or military, you're not used to that. So get really used to taking the shot, opening the bolt, and moving. Getting set, getting on target, then closing the bolt. If you want to come shoot a match with a semi-automatic, because that's the only rifle you have, we've said it a hundred times, come shoot what you got. Again, practice dry firing, but practice moving on safety, because you're going to have to, uh, one of the very rules of a semi-automatic is you take the shot, and when you move, you have to put it on safe, and you have to shout out, safe, and then move. If you move without shouting that, they're going to call you. Um, you know, with a bolt action, they can see your bolt open. Um, so with some automatic, you got to yell safe and you got to move with it on safe. So get in the habit of doing that. Um, things like that. Uh, matter of fact, in Ryan's the Box Canyon Showdown, um, I've shot some matches where you, if you close your bolt on a live round and you got to move, you just got to throw the handle up. You don't have to eject the round. You just got to put the handle up to move. Ryan threw that out the window. Um, they made you eject the round. Um, matter of fact, I did it. I did it on one of the stages. Luckily, I carry I carry two backup rounds. Um, so I kicked one of my 10 rounds out and had to move. I still I still had plenty of time to, to get that stage, and I dropped two on it. But I would have dropped three had I not carried that extra round because I closed it, I closed the round and, and had to kick it out. So, yeah, that's a good point. Not a lot of people talk about the movement piece and you'll different clubs are, 
I think are, are more lax or more militant about it, about being on, on your burn before you're even closing your bolt. Yeah. Because it, I've seen some folks, some of the stuff I've RO'd, they aren't sky loading per se, but they are, you can definitely tell they're closing their bolt before they're ever on the berm, let alone the target. And there's, there's certain ranges that we shoot at that that's a, that's a no go. Like they're all about, you're on range, you're everything but pulling the trigger, and then you're closing the bolt, and then you're pulling the trigger. So yeah. that safety piece, like I said, it can't be preached enough. And uh, you start whatever they're going to call it, uh, accidental discharge or ND or, yeah. or whatever. You start doing that, then you're going to be known for all the wrong reasons and. You could not, you know, you could be sent home for the day or you could be sent home and told just not to come back. So biggest thing, yeah, just practice. You practice that stuff, it's a, it's a non-issue is what it comes down to. Yeah, practice it. Um, what you realize is you don't think about it um, till, you, till you get under a clock and, and somebody tells you, you know, time starts now. Um, there's, there's a bit of panic, um, especially with a high movement stage, anything like that. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the episode, I had those friends out from work. I put the clock on them just, just out of, <laughs> out of curiosity, um, on a tank trap with the 22, um, they struggled once the clock hit them, you know, they were having fun. They were having fun till the, the clock hit them. And then, and then they couldn't find the target in the scope. They were struggling. They were, they were cussing. And, and so it adds a new element. So, when you're dry firing, if you want to run a clock, run a clock. See if you can see if you can make ten movements, ten shots in two minutes, and do it clean and do it do it safely. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen some of the guys start talking about dry firing. I think that, in fact, I think there's a, a page I'm a part of on Facebook that's actually like dry fire practice where, and they're they're dialing their dope, changing position, just like as a straight up, like they're doing everything but firing the weapon. So. Once you start getting into that, which I need to start doing over the winter, you start doing that, then you're doing everything but but smelling gunpowder by then. So, yeah, it's all comes down to practice. And then, obviously, the practice comes down to how serious you are. If mm-hmm. you're just out there for a good time, then do what you got to do and go out there and have a good time. If you're trying to be competitive, then, then start practicing over the winter or whatever. But anyway, we went longer than I thought we were going to Yeah, go. we did. We did for not, for not having our uh, know, standard – our standard outline. I'm so. going to have to forget the outline from now on the way. <laughs> I think we, I think we covered a lot of good info. Well, um, well hopefully we didn't bore anybody. So yeah. Anything yeah. you want to add? Any shout outs? I've got my notes here, as you can see that I've usually got. So um, I'm, just, I'm going to try and post, post some pictures to get, I'll get some pictures up of the group. I want to get a picture of tripod before I take off. Okay. Yeah. You can take people. it. Uh, I do want to shout out uh PRD precision rifle division. Uh, that is where I bought my impact or not my impact, my, my foundation from. Um, I don't want to go into the story cause I don't want to put, put him on the spot and what he did, but I want to give him a shout out for uh, really some, he went out of his way with customer service to help me out with that, with what happened. So, um, if he, if he hears this or he, and he gives me permission, I'll tell the story, but till then, I won't put him on the spot. I was going to say. Like, yeah, there's a snafu of some sort. <laughs> yeah. And he hooked you up. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, I, don't, I don't have, I don't think I really have. I think we went through everybody on here. And like I said, I'll tag everybody that I remember to tag when we put it up here. But for everybody that's listening, I appreciate it. 
uh, keep the comments coming. Like I said, we're gonna have some more. I got all oh, I got all the pay it forwards done up to now. So Jake sure got a hold of me. The uh, spotter that it felt like I couldn't even give away is going. Actually, Chad's gonna take it up this weekend to Jake. So Jake gets on the way. Uh, and like I said, Jake's got to pay it forward. He said he'd, he'd hook up. Caleb's got one, so we'll we'll have some more here after after a while. And so if, if we, that gets lost on my way up there, is there any? repercussions on uh, that yeah or? i guess mail gets lost so <laughs> i might have to tell jake and it was on its way and i don't know where it ended up at <laughs> yeah yeah in fact let me i apologize to jake i i mentioned on there oh i know jake's got some he's got to have some good glass well he hit me up he doesn't have a spotter so he actually can use can use a spotter i didn't mean to put him on the point or call him out or or anything like that so jake's jake's getting a spotter and i'm sure he'll put it to good use i got to get up there and check out his his setup one of these days. Yeah. So we might have to make might have to load Chris up and make a road trip up there. I want to go see a shop and say hi and stuff like that. So. Yeah. We start making our way around. Yeah. I'd like to Yeah, we might have to do that. Load up and start making some field trips. Get up to Jake. I'd love to go down and see Impact and mm-hmm. Foundation, check out John Kyle and Amy's setup. So Yep. See if we can't make some of that happen. Get pictures or live on Facebook or something. I think it'd be cool. It'd be something I'd, I'd check out, so maybe we'll do that. Winter time's coming, so it's going to slow down a little bit. Maybe we can get out and do that. But cool. anyway, I think that's it. Chad, thanks for letting me come out. Oh, check out welcome. your deal. Hooking up my rimage on an impact. I'm just going to keep on saying it that way. Everybody get over it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and get that thing shot out and kill some coyotes. Be uh, be ready for some, some coyote talk, some long-range precision hunting talk here in the future. But anyway... Thanks for listening. Chad, thanks again for letting me invade your space and uh, getting on here. Kind of a last minute deal. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, born welcome. Um, anytime. All right, thanks, man.